Well, good day. It's great to be with you today as we take this time to share in God's Word together. I just want to add my uh, special acknowledgement as well of all the dads. Happy Father's Day to you. Uh, I'm sure you're doing a great job, so if you are, keep up the good work. I know it's a tough gig, uh, particularly at the moment in lockdown. Oh my goodness, it is so tricky at times, but thank you for all that you are doing in the lives of young people. Um, Keep your eyes on God as well. We need His help and His grace. Hey, if you're visiting as well for the first time, maybe you've been invited along today. Special welcome to you. We're just really thrilled that uh, you've made the choice to be here. We hope and pray that you get to encounter something of God's uh, presence. It's our desire as a church that people would continue to find ways of meeting Jesus, that, that their life would be transformed by him because we have discovered that, that Jesus makes all the difference in our lives and it's hopefully what we can look at again today um, as we interact with God's Word. Um, we heard this wonderful story last week that AJ preached on where Jesus said anyone who drinks the water that he gives, that they will never thirst again. It's like having these rivers of living, living water on the inside. And uh, I just want that to be a reminder to us that building our life on Jesus, following his example, it's a firm foundation for living helping us to navigate all the ups and downs of life, and there are plenty of those at the moment, not being tossed back and forth by the chaos that is all around us. You know, I wonder how many of us feel a little tossed about at the moment in life, maybe with everything that has been going on and the different restrictions and challenges in society, maybe you're feeling a little bit tossed about. Uh, As much as we want to remain consistent and steady at all times. I like to think that about myself. My family says something a little different than that. Uh, As much as all the dads might want to always set a godly example for their families as well, and as much as we might want to be fruitful in all the areas of our lives, the reality is that challenges and hardships and outside influences can often bump us off course. And if that's you, I want you to listen in today uh, because we're going to be hearing about something today that is all about helping us to remain fruitful in all seasons. Uh, And if you like the sound of that, well, then this is for you. I like the sound of that and I want that to be true of my life. Now, we've actually get to start a brand new series today that's on the book of Psalms. We've called it Songs for every season. Uh, You'll see the graphic now. I just want to say thanks to Josh who developed this artwork for us. Uh, Now, to the dads. Please just bear with me, bear with me for one moment uh, because I know this series probably doesn't sound all that inspiring for Aussie blokes uh, where, when you think we're going to be doing a whole series on lovely songs that we can all sing together. Uh, that's not what we're, what we're doing here. It's not where I'm going with this. Uh, perhaps I should have retitled the series, you know, something like War Cries for Every Warrior um, and giving you more of an image like this that you'll see on your screen now and this might have um, helped the dads. But before we jump into this first psalm in our series, I actually want to just take a bit of time uh, to explain the why of this series, where it's going, uh, how we go about reading the psalms as well and how these songs, these poems, these prayers can truly help us to navigate the different seasons of our lives, particularly in a time like this. You know, as we will discover as we go through this series on the Psalms, and don't stress, we're not going to be going through all 150 of them. The Psalms, what they do is they reveal a very raw and honest expression of the human heart before God. In these prayers, we see it's like the full range of human emotions. Now, to state the obvious, 
expressing emotions is not something Aussie blokes are typically known for. I remember a time when this uh, truly hit home to me when I was actually doing uh, this training course in Sydney uh, for being able to do marriage counselling with couples. And uh, part of this process was them giving me a little tool in my pack to help men express their feelings because apparently they're not so good at articulating that. And uh, this is what that little tool was. It, was. it was a piece of paper that looked like this that you'll see now. Didn't that bring it to life for me? Uh, how hard it is for some men. The, the reality is sitting in some sort of counselling sessions, uh, some people find it so hard to express their emotions and their feelings that the easiest way to go about that is getting them to point to a picture on a page. Now, depending on what type of family you grew up in, uh, you would have learnt to either you know, express your thoughts and your feelings quite openly, um, but you possibly could have learnt to simply bottle them all up and just get on with life. There's a wonderful site called Men's Line Australia. This is like a phone and online counselling service for men, you know, trying to tackle some of the really serious issues that are at play in our country. And on their site, it says this here, it says, our emotional state often dictates how we behave, with men and women handling emotions in quite different ways. When upset, women are more likely to express their feelings directly and to seek out support of friends and family, just in case you, you weren't aware of that already. Uh, whereas men, they might hide their emotions or withdraw. Men often feel that they need to be self-reliant and provide for their loved ones, so it is not appropriate to express their emotions. This behavior can be reinforced in the stereotype of the heroic male, so often represented in, in popular culture. Fearless, resourceful, stoic, and usually facing adversity alone. These characters tell us a lot about what is considered to be ideal male behavior within our society. Now, don't get me wrong, you know, I know that you know, sounds like a great picture. However, the reality is that we can't always have it all together. There are seasons we are all going to face when we simply don't have it all together and we feel like we're failing, we're falling short as husbands and fathers and mates and, and whatever it is. A little bit like the song that Matt sang for us earlier. Now, I really hope some of you dads uh, got the new tools maybe you were hoping for as gifts this Father's Day. Uh, but now I want you to see the Psalms as like an incredible prayer toolbox teaching us how we can express ourselves to God in every season. Now, if we were to look at David if in the Bible, you know, so this rugged young man who, you know, like killed a bear and a lion with his bare hands, and then he goes to a battle line just to sort of see and give word to his brothers, and uh, he shows this incredible bravery that no other soldier had and steps out to take on a giant uh, without armour, by the way, also. And yet David was the one who had learnt to regularly express his heart to God in song and prayer, writing about half of all of the book of Psalms. From songs of praise and joy to moments of like grief and despair and fear and anger and anxiety and sorrow, David had learnt to pour out his heart to God. Uh, whom he found refuge and strength in. And we would all do well, especially men, to follow David's example today. Now, this series, it's mainly a response 
to the challenging circumstances that many of us are finding ourselves in today. Uh, This second season of the COVID-19 lockdowns has hit people particularly hard. And the response to this has often brought out the worst in people. You know, just think, you know, Facebook wars and ugly protests, which is an indication that people's emotional state is now dictating how they behave. And much of what we see at the moment is honestly a response to fear. Uh, There was this news update where Dr. Murray Wright, he's the New South Wales chief psychiatrist, he described it this way. He said, this is probably the most sustained and serious stress that many of us are going to face in our lifetimes. You think about things like financial stress, isolation, uncertainty, constant change, the cancelling of plans, homeschooling, uh, no travel, and many other factors. They're creating chaos for many people internally. Now, after hearing so much dialogue between different people, uh, it's commonly characterised by fear and anxiety. It indicates that People's emotions are really strong at the moment, leading to potential confusion about God's presence and God's plans in the midst of all that people are facing. So learning how to come to God in all seasons is incredibly important for every believer. Uh, We're going to um, be studying through this psalm you know, journey, all these different books and these poems and these prayers, and hopefully they're going to help us Uh, give us language of how we can approach God, uh, regardless of how we're feeling at the moment. So to give an overview of this book of Psalms and how we should be approaching reading it, we're actually just going to watch a really great resource from the Bible Project. Again, it's just a short video unpacking how to tackle the Psalms. We've been talking about poetry in the Bible, how biblical poets love design and masterfully use metaphor and symbolism. These poems invite us into an experience to ponder ideas slowly and from many angles. And the largest collection of poetry in the Bible is the book of Psalms. So that's what we're going to look at here. Now, the Israelites composed lots of poetry throughout their history. Yeah, poems were written by Israelites, sages, kings, and prophets. Some poems were sung by choirs in the Jerusalem temple, while others were prayed by families at home. And over the centuries, the most important and widely read poems were compiled together to be read or sung on special occasions. And I'm familiar with books of poetry, a large collection of the greatest poems in one place, and I can read through and pick my favorites. But the Book of Psalms isn't that kind of collection. Here, each poem has been expertly crafted and then placed where it is for a reason, to create a storyline from the book's beginning to its end. The Psalms poetically retell the entire biblical story, and they invite you into a literary temple. A literary temple? Yeah, so the tabernacle and then later the temple in Jerusalem were where ancient Israelites went to meet with God. When you arrived, you would see art and imagery everywhere. You'd see priests performing rituals. You'd hear songs and prayers, all of it symbolically proclaiming that your God rules the world from this mountain and you're in his living room. So the temple was a place to be in God's presence and also to immerse yourself in the story of God's kingdom. Exactly. And so try to imagine how traumatic it was when the Babylonians invaded Jerusalem, plundered and burned the temple, and then took many Israelites into exile. Yeah, where can they go now to meet with God, to sing their story and say their prayers? That's where the book of Psalms comes in. It's a prayer book for exiles designed as a virtual temple. You enter the Psalms to meet with God and to hear the entire biblical story of God's kingdom sung back to you in poetry. Cool, but how does the Psalms do it? Let's start with the book's design. 
There are 150 poems broken up into five clear sections. At the beginning, there's been placed a short introduction, Psalms 1 and 2, which lay out the main themes of the whole book by reviewing the biblical storyline. Okay. Psalm 1 looks back to the Garden of Eden and its river of life. Yeah, God placed humanity in a garden temple. And here, humans decide to define good and evil on their own terms and so are exiled from the garden. But the first psalm paints a portrait of hope about an upright human who delights in God's wisdom, which is called Torah or instruction. This person is like the tree of life in the garden temple. They eternally blossom because they're planted in the river of God's life. Yeah, that's beautiful, but who's it supposed to be? Well, remember that story in Genesis? After humanity's foolish rebellion, God made a promise. Oh right, a future human, the seed of the woman who would come and defeat evil and restore the world. And that's what Psalm 2 is about. God's promise that a king would come from the line of David. He's called the Son of God and the Messiah. God appoints him to bring justice on human evil and to restore God's kingdom and peace over the nations. So Psalms 1 and 2 introduce all these main themes. Yes, and then the book develops those themes through the five sections. The first two explore the complicated story of David and his royal family. The third section focuses on the tragedy of Israel's exile and the downfall of David's royal line. But then the fourth and fifth sections rekindle the hope for the Messiah, a new temple, and God's kingdom on the other side of the exile. Then the book ends with a five-part conclusion, praising God for his faithfulness. Cool. Now, nearly half of the Psalms are connected to one guy, King David, who God chose to rule Israel. Yes, David's story is really important in this book. He experienced many times of hardship, but he trusted God with radical faith. And in these poems, David shares his fears, confesses his failures, and offers thanks to his Redeemer. And he's constantly speaking of a deep longing to be in God's presence in the temple. But wait, David lived before the temple was even built. Exactly. This portrait of David, hoping and praying for God's kingdom and a future temple, it resembles the hopes of the later generations of the exiles. And so David's prayers could become theirs as well. David's like a prayer coach, giving us words for how to pray and how to discover God's presence in good times and bad. Exactly. There are 73 poems connected to David, but most of the rest come from later generations of biblical poets. And they have learned to pray and hope like David. And so the end result is the book of Psalms, designed as a virtual temple for all generations of God's people. This isn't a kind of book you just read once and put down. No, it's designed for a lifetime of slow rereading and reflection. These prayers and laments and songs of praise are meant to become our own. They're poems for exiles who are learning to live by God's wisdom and to seek God's justice in the world as they hope for the coming Messiah and the kingdom of God. You know, I love the way that this video described the Psalms as a prayer book for exiles designed as this virtual temple. You know, we enter the Psalms to meet with God and to hear the entire biblical story of God's kingdom through songs and poems. Now, this is a fantastic reminder that our reading of the Psalms is not simply to gain information for living, but instead to meditate on Scripture in order to meet with God personally, encounter, encountering His presence and hearing the voice of His Spirit. That's the attitude that we need to adopt as we journey through this series. And the Bible Project have also developed a heap of other videos, um, a bunch of them on the Psalms as well. And I highly encourage you uh, throughout this week to go and look them up and just find them on, the, on YouTube and just type in Bible Project 
Psalms and you'll see some different videos there because what this will do is help us to interpret the Psalms effectively as we need to be mindful of the fact that the Psalms, they were songs and poems from people who were living in a very different time and circumstances to us today. Now, I think there's been a great tendency for people to sometimes scan the Psalms uh, looking for like maybe a single verse that they can claim as a promise in order to find some personal comfort. I know I've heard that a lot in my life growing up, different people talking about the Psalms this way or claiming the Psalms in this way. But this is actually not uh, entirely helpful uh, to go about approaching the Psalms in this manner as what it can do is often leave us feeling maybe a little bit frustrated. It also could leave you feeling quite confused when God doesn't seem to come good on his word. That could appear to possibly even overpromise, yet under deliver when approached in this manner. However, what we should be doing is meditating over the verses, over the content in the Psalms that speak of deep truths, which allow us to grow deeper in our understanding of God's nature, but also to strengthen our relationship with him, rather than simply finding a wish that meets our command. So let's jump into this first psalm in the series. And we're starting right at the very beginning, Psalm 1. And and as you heard from the Bible Project, this is a bit of an introduction, an overview, um, or Psalm 1 and 2 of the entire book of Psalms. So Psalm 1, I'm reading from the NIV. It says here, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Now, as the video explained before, Psalm 1 and 2, they serve as this introduction to the entire book, capturing you know, the story of the garden uh, and then the fall of mankind where people go their own way and how God promised a Messiah who would make things right which is all pointing to Jesus. Now, Psalm 1, this could be you know, described as a wisdom psalm. It's very similar to some of the passages you would see in the book of Proverbs. So we get this clear picture of what will happen to those who trust in God and those who trust in themselves. Go the Lord's way or go um, the way of sinners. Now, as I mentioned earlier about um, being fruitful in all seasons, and not getting tossed back and forth by the chaos that is all around us. And this psalm gives this simple keys uh, to this being a reality in our lives. And here it is, as simple as it says, don't follow the way of the world, do follow the way of the Lord. A really common theme throughout scripture. So following the way of the world or sinners It leads to destruction and causes you to be blown by the wind or tossed around by every season. Following the way of the Lord, however, causes you to be firmly rooted by the stream, leading to life and fruitfulness, uh, regardless of what you might face. I know this is revolutionary teaching. Uh, There is nothing new here, but just a simple 
reminder that something that most of us know, but perhaps sometimes we neglect to implement. Now, I want you to consider it this way. I want you to consider these two questions. First one, who are you listening to? And the second one, what are you feeding on? Who are you listening to? And what are you feeding on? You know, if you are feeling tossed about at the moment, maybe you've been you know, listening to different things and you feel like you just, you've lost your equilibrium. It could be because you're listening to the wrong voices and unhelpful information. And there is plenty of that going around at the moment. Now, I'm certainly not saying that we need to shut off from the world. However, what we do need to do is work hard at shutting out the loud voices that potentially cause things like fear and anxiety and division to grab a hold of us. We want to work hard at shutting out these loud voices. And instead, we want to listen more consistently to get this, the whisper of the Spirit. The whisper of the Spirit. Maybe this is what we need. Instead of turning our ear to the media, we need to tune our ear to the Master. There's a good, memorable quote that would do us all well in this season. All forms of media that's being thrown at us at the moment. Again, we don't have to shut off from it, but if that's the loudest voice, we're going to find ourselves in all kinds of chaos internally at the moment, possibly cramped in by fear and anxiety, something that I'm hearing so often from people. But instead of turning our ear to the media, we want to tune our ear to the master. And you know, the, the passage said, our delight is to be in the law of the Lord, meditating on this Lord day and night. And in this season more than ever, be prioritizing time in God's word and listening to the voice of his spirit. Let that be uh, your goal. Let that be your focus if you're feeling tossed about at the moment to be answering that question, who it is you are listening to. But you're possibly tossed about um, at the moment, uh, maybe because of what you are feeding on. Now, we all look for ways to cope in seasons like this, don't we? I know I do. Uh, when I talk to people, it, it's nothing new. We all look for ways to cope. And um, I don't know what your coping mechanisms are that are getting you through this season, but we need to make sure that we're turning to the right place to deal with the seasons that we are in, in order that we would remain fruitful. Now, we know that the food our soul truly needs, what we really long for is the living water that only Jesus gives. He is the vine, John 15 says, and we are the branches. He is our life source. When we remain in him, we will bear much fruit. I love the way that uh, it puts it in Psalm 42. And maybe we need to speak to ourselves like the psalmist did here. He says, you know, why are you downcast, O my soul? You know, if you're feeling like that at the moment, if you've got that, you know, real sense of being downcast at the moment, uh, perhaps you need to just speak this to yourself. Let this be a reminder that, hey, why are you downcast, O oh my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope not in social media, 
put your hope not in um, relaxing in front of the TV or exercise or food or food or food, which seems to be my um, go-to at the moment. Uh, it says, put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my saviour and my God. You know, I love the imagery contained in this Psalm 1. It's imagery where it talks about in these first sort of few verses of walking and then standing and then sitting. You know, so often our dabbling in the ways of the world, I think, starts with curiosity. You know, maybe it goes something like this. Hmm, what was that I heard? Or maybe it's, oh, that looks interesting. It's just this curiosity. So we go for a quick walk on the way of the wicked to have a little look or a quick listen. And then curiosity then turns often into desire. Wow, that's really interesting. Or maybe, oh, I'd like to see more about that. And then we find ourselves standing with sinners. We've sort of taken up a bit of extra time to really find out more. And then desire turns to this sinful action. And before we know it, we've taken a seat with mockers, as um, this psalm so wonderfully puts. However interesting or appealing or satisfying the way of the world seems, it will lead to destruction where we are blown about by the wind, tossed here and there by the seasons of life. We don't want to be those who walk, stand or sit. Let's choose to be those who are planted in the Lord, trusting in him, listening to his voice, drawing from his living water, the one who is Jesus. This is where we will find rest for our souls, remain steadfast and bear fruit regardless of the seasons we find ourselves in. Look, I'm not sure exactly where you are at today, but whether you are in despair, maybe you are angry, possibly you are confused or fearful or anxious, the Psalms teaches us to turn to God, expressing an honest heart to Him in all seasons. Uh, let's use this series as a reminder, as a refresher of how it is we go about the different seasons of life, realizing that this right here, right now is not our home, that we belong to the Lord, that we want to put our hope and our confidence in Him. Uh, I really encourage you to spend some time during this week to begin reading through some of the Psalms, to look at it through this lens of, hey, here's a prayer guide of how I can come to God, how, how I can express my heart to him, because I know he is the, is the one I need to turn to. His voice is the voice I need to be listening to more than any other. And he is the one who I need to be drawing from and feeding on, um, making a commitment to our walk with him in this season. I just want to pray for you right now. Um, let's take this time just to commit ourselves afresh to God and uh, say, hey, God, we trust in you. Uh, despite everything that's going on around us, we want to look to you and you alone. Let's pray. Well, Father, we thank you for this time together. And I thank you that you are right here with us. Doesn't matter where we are. Doesn't matter what we are going through. It's this wonderful um, reality, this truth, this promise that you will never leave us nor forsake us. 
So we say thank you for your ongoing presence in our lives. Thank you that you have a plan that you are unfolding. Thank you that you are in control. And thank you that by your spirit, you speak to us. Jesus, thank you for being the living water that you offer us moment by moment, everything we need. Help us to keep trusting in you. Help us to keep looking to you. Instead of you know, turning our ear to different voices, we want to tune our ear to the voice of your spirit, Lord. We want to feed on you. And thank you that for this beautiful picture where we can be like a tree that is planted by the stream, that is healthy and growing and fruitful in all seasons. Now, let us be those kind of people and let us um, share with others the life that we have in you. We pray these things in your wonderful name. Amen. God bless you guys. Happy Father's Day again to all you dads. Um, we, I really hope and pray that this week and this, throughout this series is, is a fruitful and growing season for us all. Bless you.